garbage. Yeah, yeah. Because like it's it if I have to go back and edit it to me, and this is just me, it it starts to feel like homework. Whereas before uh, that, see, it feels very much like passion. I'm surprised that you I don't love, turn yeah. this into another day's post, right? Like, so then you the, the, you know it's seven weeks later or whatever, but you write a new post and say, "Oh, hey, I got a comment oh, on this old so post." That's what I will do. You do that. That's, I was like, I'm I'm like, you do I'm that. Like a, I'm like a, a rolling forward, not rolling back. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to yeah. change the old post, but I will write a new one talking about what I learned. I, absolutely. And hopefully, you go back to the old one. You yeah. leave a link yeah. at the top. That says, actually, there's an update to this. Go read this too. <laughs> Most <Sometimes>. of the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Working Code, and now your hosts, who wish they were Boolean, so the next time they're wrong, it's only by a bit. Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. Okay, here we go. It is show number 36, and on today's show, we're going to be discussing blogging and maybe the concept of digital gardening. Uh, But as usual, we're going to start with triumphs and fails, and Carol, it's your turn to go first. Uh, What do you got going on? Yeah, I'm going with two big wins. I got a new tattoo yesterday. Yeah. So super excited about that. It's Where? Yeah, what is it? Just great. It's on my ribs and it is a side piece of the mountains oh. with the trees and some little birds just- flying around. So by the end of the year, I want to have a full like side piece done. So it's just the top part. I've already got a middle one. So I'm going to put a big compass down on my hip after. ribs, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture. You can see it. Is it's it, pretty cool. is, is it three little birds? <laughs> there are three little birds, Fire actually. <laughs> three little birds. Yep. Yeah. All right. And then I mean, do you guys have things you hate doing at work? Like there's something you just despise doing for whatever reason it is. Yeah. 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 Mine's opening Jira task. I hate it. I would rather work out of a notebook checklist than go spend time opening Jira tasks. Interesting. So today after a call, I opened three Jira hmm. tasks. Didn't whine about it. Didn't complain. Just put them in and moved hmm. what on. Is the, what's the source of friction when it comes to opening Jira? I don't know. Just purely emotional? It's just I, I avoid it. I, yeah, I just completely I, I avoid it. it. I'm like, hey, product owner, you go open these tasks. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep coding. Someone else open this and... Put it in there and everyone so you think, will see it. It sounds like you think it's not oh, a okay, useful, a valuable use of your time. I don't know because when I go back to them, I'm really happy they're there <laughs> and I'm happy the documentation's mm-hmm. on it. But I just hate it. I hate opening hmm. your task. I don't know That's why. Interesting. Now, you, now you remember that when you used to work with us, the, the, our Jira system. It's so there's so many fields I mm-hmm. don't care about. I, I don't Yo. even know what half of them are. Not even half. Seventy five percent. I fill out the title and the description. And I'm like, I don't know what the rest of this crap is. I don't know what, you know, other people need it for their, you know, people who love running reports. Right. So is yours that too? You got too many fields or is it simpler than ours? No, no, it's auto assigned. Like it's just, it knows the project I'm on. So I went to it, opened it. It's good to go. It's ready. It's literally putting in a title. And then I screenshotted the Slack message of why, <laughs> that, why that's paste. being open. I didn't even copy and paste. I took a screenshot of the Slack message and said, see info above. Can't even text search that. Come on, Carol. Oh, no, it, it'll get better. I'm sure when someone works it. But I opened three and didn't complain. <laughs> Until now, you're complaining now. I will say, though, that I find I enjoy tasks a lot more when I create them as opposed to when a project manager creates them. Because I find that the granularity of the tasks is really off, not off base, but like 
it's much larger per ticket than what I would do if I were creating tickets myself. Mm-hmm. So then I find I have to take their ticket and break it up into a bunch of other tickets. Although I only yeah. recently learned from you all that you could make subtasks, which I didn't realize. So maybe I, in retrospect, could have taken those and just added subtasks, but I didn't know that existed. See, I'm the over communicator. I love like creating tickets and, and making to-do lists and all that stuff. Yo, I can't remember anything yeah if i have to do something it's in a ticket and if it's not in a ticket i will not remember to do it yeah say i have a notebook i'm good yo does nobody else knows about the items needing (laughs) to work and my notebook but i can't i can type a whole heck of a lot faster than i can handwrite and i have Mm -hmm. never found a good system for keeping track of like to do's for me locally or like on my computer that allows me like good separation between work and personal and so like personal, gotcha. I use a little notebook that I carry around in my pocket just because then I'll have it with me even if I'm not at the computer. But for work stuff, everything is a ticket. Yeah. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. No but, no, but I'm the same way. And then I get not frustrated, but sometimes a manager will be like, so what have you been up to? And like, what do you got on your plate? I want to be like, it's all written down. Mm-hmm. literally everything yeah. i do is written down you can query that yeah <laughs> you, know? mm-hmm. you can find it all right what about you? well i had a little bit of let's call it an interpersonal scuffle earlier today totally outside of my job but it's just got me in a little bit of funk you know it wasn't even really a fight it was just i did not come away from a conversation that i had with this person but software related right yeah, software related. It just, it rubbed me the wrong way. I, I was in a funk at the end of the conversation and that lasted like another two hours. And I, like we, when we sat down for dinner tonight, I recognized that I just don't have the patience to be around my children right now because <laughs> they were like way, way, way wound up. And I knew I was going to like lose my cool with them. And so I was like, I checked my, with my wife and I said, okay, I'm just going to go like sit in a dark room with the door shut by myself and eat my dinner. And, and that was nice because she came up later and she was like, you made the right choice because they are a handful tonight. But now I'm, I'm happy because I get to see you guys and, and have a nice conversation. So that's going to definitely boost my mood. Yeah, we'll see. Glad we can help <laughs> We'll see about that. Glad we can help you. Yeah, I mean, Carol's already pooping on me, so. <laughs> I need a hater on my own show. <laughs> <laughs> that, that can be arranged. <laughs> Yo, uh, there's a book that I really love. I haven't read in a, in a while, but. There's one called The Four Agreements by this guy, Don Miguel Ruiz. It's basically just four agreements that you make with yourself to live a better life. Mm -hmm. And one of the agreements, I think, is just don't take it personally. And I'm always like, whoa, I get to that one. Like the other ones are sort of not fluffy, but they're like way easier. Mm-hmm. And then you get to don't take it personally. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. I'm not like a third degree black belt in self-control here. <laughs> <laughs> not taking it personally. That's like, that's not a light ask. That's assume, I assume that's about not taking anything personally, right? So it's a lot about like the things that people say are about them, not about you, that kind of stuff. Okay. Kind of like projecting. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. We we took our company sends us all these like trainings and we took a, a negotiation one. You remember I, I talked in an earlier podcast how oh, I right. hate negotiation. I'm not good at it. But one of the things they brought up was the, the lizard brain. I forget which the technical term of that part of your brain. Um, but whenever that, when you get emotional, right, when someone triggers that, you go into that fight or flight response mm-hmm. and all rationality goes out the window. Mm. And so there was a whole section on trying to identify the triggers or the 
recognizing that feeling when you get into that sort of lizard brain part of your head to like step back and go, wait a minute. Okay. I'm not rational here. I need to be aware that I'm not rational and adjust, which it sounds like you did, Adam. I mean, you pulled, retreated from your family and the kids. And I mean, that's, yeah. I think you also slept. Maybe not soon too. enough. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> I, I might've said some things that weren't the, the nicest either. So. Yeah. Well. Stop being reptilian. Yeah, Adam. Right, it's learning. It's learning. That's me. How about you, Ben? I, I actually have one that is a little bit along the lines of yours, but not personal. I sort of let myself get sucked into a, not a dark place, but a very frustrated place. I was listening to a podcast last weekend and uh, there was a very well-known community, someone who's very well-known in the JavaScript community. And once again, not this person, but this is something I've heard a bunch of times. People will say, when you switch from Angular to React, you learn more about JavaScript. Okay. And that just like grinds my gears. Um, <laughs> it's all just JavaScript. Like literally everything you write is JavaScript. The difference in Angular is that you're using some HTML templating and in React, you're using JSX. But like all the data that you collect, all the data that you aggregate, all of the Ajax requests that you deal with, like all of the filtering and the building objects and just deconstructing objects, like it's all JavaScript. Having to understand how variables work and how functions work and how scopes work and how hoisting works, like that's all the same. And it's just it like I, I stew on it. And I get so frustrated, and and it, and I, and then I get frustrated because obviously I love Angular, mm -hmm. so it feels to me like now there's this uh, there's a growing sentiment of these people. There's a subset of people like there's a subset of Postgres people who are like, <laughs> why aren't you using Postgres? And there's a subset. Hey. <laughs> there's a subset of React people who don't look at React as like React is a great framework and we use it to build our stuff. There's a subset of people who are like, the world has chosen React. React is the future. The people have spoken. Yeah. And, React and is it, so new, though. It's still but, new. No, I know. But I'm just like, and I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush, right? Um, but like, my failure here is that I like clearly went off the deep end when, you took when it I personal. heard this. Yeah, I took it very you personally. You took it personally. Um, and, and it's, I have a lot of scarring from working in cold fusion for the last two decades and having everyone say, you know, cold fusion is dead. Why would you use cold fusion? I can't believe anyone still uses that anymore. Thankfully I still get to laugh all the way to the bank, but <laughs> I don't know. So I, I try not to take those things personally, but sometimes it feels like a, a, an attack from someone who was not even trying to attack. So it's, We'll have to talk about it some other time because it's not today's topic, but I kind of agree with whoever said that in some ways. Like, I'm not saying 100% it's yeah. just JavaScript and that <laughs> Angular is just not, but I think that there are, you're a lot closer to the metal, right? Of If JavaScript was the metal, then writing React, you're, you're a lot, you're, you're using those uh, mechanisms a lot more in the fundamental space than an abstraction on top of them. For example, you're Shots looping fired. over, <laughs> looping over uh -huh. an array and spitting out some components that, that represent each item in that array. In React, you use a map. In Angry, Angular, you use what? Ng loop, if I remember. Uh, there's an ng repeat or an ng four. Ng repeat. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. And, and so there's minor differences, but I think that. Yeah. Anyway, we don't have to get. But I will just say that the data that you had to build in order to iterate over, like you built yeah, oh, yeah. that with all the maps and the You're still writing JavaScript. So you're yeah. writing more JavaScript and less like framework-specific code. Right, and that's fair. And I think part of choosing any particular framework is being able to lean on the things that the framework gives you. So I, I'm not 
I don't fret on that. It's more like, it's like still, it's all the same. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we talked about, I think Tim mentioned, maybe it was on the last one, the curse of knowledge, I think he talked about it, where it's like, you can't unknow the things you've already learned in order to have a better perspective. Right. right. And I was thinking about this and I, someone had commented on, on my rant about it a little bit. And I realized like, I've been doing JavaScript for a hell of a long time. And I was doing JavaScript before there was Angular. And, and what I realized is like, you had no JavaScript back then because it was the Wild West and things were crazy. And even in jQuery, uh, jQuery was kind of crazy in how it treated, say, like this references. And mm-hmm. everyone ran into things where like you get memory leaks and IE when you were holding on to DOM node references. Or like if you had to bind an event handler in a loop. And inside the handler, you reference the loop index, like I in a for loop. And like they all end up referencing the same value because the I gets hoisted. And then, you know, like <laughs> you, you had to learn a lot about JavaScript to get your stuff to work. And I realized like I'm coming into Angular and React and to wherever I with like this wealth of knowledge of how JavaScript works to begin with. So it's like I can't, I can no longer see effectively the, what does it mean to learn JavaScript in the context of one of these frameworks? So it's anyway, <laughs> we'll fight about it some other time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's me, Tim. Uh, what do you got going on? So I have a triumph. I'll, I'll call it a triumph. I, I, I think I understand myself a little bit better this week than I did last week. And I didn't bring it up last week because I was in the midst of it. But I think I sort of have, I don't know if you call it seasonal depression or not, mm-hmm. but I realize a pattern in my life that every year, like when May rolls around, I get extremely happy and excited, and energetic because it's summer vacation, right? You're getting out of school and you look, you look forward to that all year and you get there and it's awesome. And then when August starts to get close, I get really in a bad funk. I mean, bad funk because school's starting. And mm-hmm. I, so last week I just, this was beyond mo- burnt. It was, I wasn't burnt out. I just, I didn't want to do anything at mm-hmm. all. I, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to wash, shave. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. And I had to, but I just, I honestly, I hope no one from work is listening to this. But <laughs> I honestly did the absolute minimum I needed to get through that week. And it finally dawned on me like around, I think Friday, I think after talking to you guys, cause I wasn't, you know, normally I think about what am I putting off? What am I avoiding? And I was avoiding everything. I mean, absolutely everything. Mm. And the reason I realized is cause the kids were going back to school and my body was telling me it's time to go back to school. And growing up, I was the shortest kid in school until like ninth grade. I mean, I got picked on relentlessly. I mean, I was bullied badly. And uh, I just stuffed it down. Just, I was just stuffed it down. And that's sort of how my sense of humor, I became like, sort of like the cut down king. I couldn't beat you up, but man, I could tell you all about your mama and make people cry with verbal attacks. It, it, it's been, you know, what I'm, I'm what, 50 years old now. I'm just finally realizing I when it's time to go back to school, it doesn't matter. I'm not going back to school. But my body goes into fight mode and fear mm. mode because I'm just so scared. Yeah. And as soon as my kids went back to school, we checked them in. They got their classes this week. I've been great. I mean, because they started Monday. So it's like it just like a light switch. So I know myself better. I, I think next year I just need to prepare myself mentally. Yeah. I mean, it almost sounds like like for real, yeah, like PTSD for from sure. it. Like you have those trigger things. Yeah. 
it really yeah. happens. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I talked to our general manager and I explained to her, I told her what I, once I figured out, I was like, look, I, she's like, I haven't heard much from you this week. And I just told her exact kind of exactly what I told you guys. And I'm like, I'm just not in a good place right now. So they're supportive and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. But yeah. Well, so, that's good. That's key. So we've mentioned, I think previously that I basically watch no broadcast television and stick mostly to YouTube. And so you know, I follow a lot of people on YouTube and I listen to a bunch of podcasts of my favorite creators on YouTube. And it's kind of fun to see a little bit behind the curtain of their industry. And one of the things that I think keeps coming up is that you'll see them say like, sometimes you just have to post something, you know, they're talking about posting videos on their channel. They have to post something that is not necessarily their best work. They're not super proud of it, but they are on a schedule. You know, they, maybe they have a sponsor to you know get their video out for or whatever. And Ultimately, I think where they land is like, sometimes you just have to phone it in. Like not everything you do is going to be your best work. Not every week is going to be your best week of the year. And you have to give yourself that leeway to, to okay, that was a down week and I'm going to do better next week. Yeah. I, I was yeah. just tempted just to take some time off, but it's like, I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to stay in bed and feel sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as the bullying goes, that stopped when I finally shot up and I took weight training like every day in school and got a bunch more muscular and you know, went went up to five eleven. That immediately stopped all the bullying. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you? And you were talking in one of the previous episodes about didn't the janitor step in and was like yeah. really important to you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that might have been in your origin story. Yeah, mm-hmm. he yeah he saved my butt mm-hmm. in middle school. Yeah, I I definitely feel better in the summer with the light. So I don't know if I would get seasonal effect disorder. It's harder for me in the winter months. Ironically, though, I really enjoy when I wake up and it's still dark out because it makes the world feel a lot smaller and cozier. Mm. I find if I wake up and it's already light out, I feel like I've lost part of the day, even though. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm losing time here. Completely get it. I grew up on the farm. You get it. All right. Did we already mention, Ben, your your feature flags presentation and how the video of it is now on your blog and. I don't remember. We may have mentioned it very briefly. If we haven't, then we are now. And Ah. (laughs) you can find it in the show notes. We'll link it. But yeah, Feature Flags are great. And Ben did a great presentation. I watched it today. That was uh, probably the highlight of my day until I had that little scuffle. Uh, Oh, I'm I'm so glad you enjoyed enjoyed it. Because I gave like one presentation a decade. So (laughs) So, uh, it sounds like it was was time well spent. Yeah. Fantastic. And you said it's on your blog? Yeah. Hmm. And guess what? We're talking about blocking today. <laughs> How's that for a segue? There you go. Hell Almost that. like we know what we're doing here. So yeah, blogging. Carol, this was sort of your idea for a topic. Do you want to get us started? Yeah, sure. So I had mentioned last week, and I'm not for sure if we cut it out or not, because it was just kind of in a side talk. So I'd have to go back and listen. But I have been wanting to start a blog. And it's not because I feel like I have information that people care about. (laughs) I really want to stop solving my problems over and over Mm -hmm. again. And I feel like if I would just take the time to write it down, put it out there, it might help someone. Nobody may ever look at it. But when I need that in a year, I can just go pull it and be like, oh, yeah, that's where it was. But I have no idea where to start. Like, I don't, I couldn't even begin to to start because I was looking online. I'm like, there's just so much there information is. out there. Like, where do you begin? Where do you go? What do you do? 
Like, is there hosting you should look at? Do you just go buy a domain, host it yourself? Where do you store this? Like all of those things. Like as a software engineer, I should know <laughs> all of this. Pretty, pretty solid. But I don't, I just don't know where to begin. And I think that's what's holding me back is not knowing where, what's my first step other than saying I'm going right. to blog. Well, I think One's you just done. don't have what's that stereotypical two? story arc for your career, right? You kind of came into software engineering through the side door in the college time yeah, where a lot of people kind of were the nerdy kid their whole lives. And that was just sort of the natural progression. Right. And I, so yeah, I guess I missed yeah. out some, you guys fill me in. Well, you had a real life for a while. So <laughs> yeah, I did. I had that too. Before we get into anything technical, I just want to yeah. underscore that you do have information and people will find it valuable. Absolutely. I, I think we had discussed in the clean coders, uncle Bob episode, I think I had mentioned that Uncle Bob does some sort of back of the napkin math that says that the uh, the number of developers doubles every five years. So mm -hmm. if you consider how long you've been doing web development and you consider that most of the people that you interact with probably have only been doing it for maybe like two or three years, like you have a lot of information, a wealth of experience that definitely people want to know about. And to your earlier point, like you don't want to be solving the same problems over and over again. No, that information no. is great for you as well. But yeah, I, I think that's one of the biggest just emotional hurdles that people have. Is anyone going to find this interesting? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so typically I'm pretty good with being vulnerable too. So I'm okay with being vulnerable and putting it out there and saying, this is how I solved it. Now go tear it apart and tell me how yeah. I did it wrong because that gives me the opportunity mm -hmm. to learn and see what I've done wrong and grow from it. And right now I just kind of don't have that. I just do it how I want. Looks pretty good. Let's go <laughs> Cunningham's on. law and effect. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put an answer out there. You'll get the, you'll get the right answer. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, I mean, to give you a, a little bit of a direct answer, I think that the best advice you could probably receive at this moment is to do whatever it takes to get started sooner. And so I think that probably the shortest path to publishing something is going to be to go to like wordpress.com or blogger and one of these hosted free blogging sites and just sign up for an account and start blogging. And you'll have to pick, you won't get like, you know, carolhamilton.com or something, but you'll get, you know, whatever you choose dot blogger.com or something or dot wordpress.com and just, just get in the habit of writing and then everything else can come after that. I, yeah, I agree with that because I've fallen into that trap before where I'm like, the first thing I start doing as a software developer is to say, all right, what's my stack going to be? Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> That's where so I go. I start looking at static site generation because that sounds cool. Let's do some static site generation. And that way I can host it really cheap in S3. So I'll have static, I'll generate these static <laughs> pages and I'll push it up to S. And then I wind up spending all this time and energy on the, on the infrastructure and I don't have any content. And then I'm like, you know what? I, I've spent way too much time on this and I give up. I, I've done that so many times. Um, that's a, I think that has a name, but I can't recall what it is. But I will just say there's a that's a phenomenon, right? And it's a well-known phenomenon. And part of what that is going through the process of like allowing yourself to ideate and go nuts on the stack and all the little bits and bobs that is, are not the actual thing that you're trying to do. You're getting the endorphins and the adrenaline of like, working on the thing without actually working on the thing, right? You're doing the thing yeah. you already know. You're playing with the stock ah. stack. You're playing with the technology. So you're in your comfort like you're zone, going at it. Yeah. but you're not actually taking on the thing that you said you wanted to take on. Yeah. And then I'm going to burn myself out, not getting it right. And then never start actually. Right. Yeah, Cause I want to do a cooking blog and I, I just, I went through those motions. I'm like, you know what? Stop. 
and I just went on Blogger and just mm-hmm. used Blogger and just started creating content and putting recipes down. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend don't spend too much time worrying about what to put it on. Just start writing some content because you can always move that later. Mm-hmm. Just don't go with medium. Right. Yeah, for sure. You could even publish using GitHub pages. I see some people do that where they'll yep. use the, I, I think it can run on Jekyll or there's, I think it will run on a bunch of sort of static site things for free, right? Because it's on the yep. GitHub domain. So that's yeah, really that's cool. easy because it's just a repository, yeah. which you know how to work with already. Right. I've already got and, that one and down. It's all just markdown files. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's Jekyll is a Ruby thing. So if you want to customize it at all, you have to do it in Ruby. Uh, and I'm sure someone's blogging. There's tons of material out there mm-hmm. on how to do it. I, I use Jekyll for a while and I'm a tweaker, right? Like I, I got to <laughs> I change my blog layout you know, every couple of years at least. And then you end up with a database. You don't have anyone <laughs> you can export for you. Right? Hey, I, I worked around that. I, just, I still haven't got all my old posts up, but I, I got it. I got a situation. I got access to it. I just got to do the work. This is a weird piece of advice. And I, and I hope this doesn't sound snooty, but as web developers, we're typically in a good place in our lives financially. And developers are also historically incredibly, and sometimes you can get a lot of mileage by just throwing a little bit of money at the problem. And if there's like Mm -hmm. some sort of managed product, that costs you a little bit of money, but gets you like way farther than you would probably have time to on your own. Like, don't be afraid of that. Like it's blogger. Is that one? Is it, is there a cost behind that I one? I don't, free. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. There might be like some premium add ons or something, but I mean, the ones that advertise like, like, like ghost know, Wix and yeah. yeah. Oh all yeah. These other ones. Squarespace. Yeah. yeah. We should stop giving them free advertising. Right. <laughs> oh, dang it. Y'all be quiet. Uh, yeah. yeah. But if they advertise, typically See, it's going to be money, see, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see those mo- as more as like um, an e-commerce type pages. But pe- you know, yeah. I mean, it's totally things. possible to, to throw a blog on there. Uh, and I'm just, uh, all I'm saying is like, don't necessarily take that off the table at step yeah. zero. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say start with something and get in the habit of writing. And then once you yeah. can like feel confident that you're going to continue the habit, then it's worth spending a few dollars on. Like, it doesn't matter that it's not on your custom domain on day one. It doesn't matter that. So it's not like people are going to look at it and go, wow, she must not be doing that great because she's on WordPress. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I think that further down the line, when like, if you get to the point where you are a blogger, right? Like people read your material mm-hmm. regularly, they subscribe to your stuff and all that. Like, when you get to that point, that's when you want to have your own domain. That's when you want to be in a little bit more control right. because you're essentially building like a personal brand at that point. And that's yeah. when you don't want to be on WordPress.com, right? Like, Well, but I mean, with WordPress, you can't upgrade, right? To a mm-hmm. custom domain. Oh, yeah. So. You can buy a custom domain and, yeah. right, and do all that so, sort of thing. I've done that for friends. Yeah, so, yeah. so it might be worth starting with something that gives you a growth plan. Because I know with Blogger, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I'm not, I have to double check, but I, I don't see a way to change no, wait, I take that back. It is my timothycunningham.com is on Blogger. It's, it's my domain. and Yeah, I know people that are stuff. on Blogger that, that are in a custom domain as well. Although yeah, I, it doesn't I, cost anything. I think that they feel a little bit handcuffed by the platform, though. I think there may not be a great yeah. way to get the content out if you wanted to well, take it somewhere else. What scares me with anything Google is they could just shut it down. Like they're shutting down bookmarks right now. Like they just shut down things. They're like, no, we're not doing it anymore. And I could totally see them doing that with Blogger because I don't see how they make money off of it. Yep. 
But but I want to ask, so the most seasoned person in this room right now when it comes to blogging is obviously Ben. I mean, Ben's <laughs> notoriously known for having a, I do some things. a very well-known blog. I think all of us know. So what is your routine like when it comes to blogging? I try to, I try to set aside a little time every morning to write, whether or not that results in anything or whether or not I have anything to write about that there's some variety there, but I, I try to make it part of the daily schedule so that I know it's coming. Like, it's not like I have to motivate to do it. It's here's the block of time where I've already set aside to do this every day. And I either have something to write or I don't. Uh, and things can supersede it if there's something else that I need to be doing. But um, for me, I'm just a person who thrives in schedule. I I have no self-control and I had, don't have good motivation. So like I have to have clear boundaries to live in. Otherwise, I don't function well. So I need the schedule. And I was listening to, I think it's the Shop Talk Show with Chris Croyer and Dave Rupert. And on it, Dave Rupert said something that I think is so key to at least how I think about blogging is he said he treats his blog as his drafts folder. That he's not wringing his hands and trying to make sure everything is perfect before he publishes it. He just gets the draft version and then that's the thing he publishes. And I very much try to take that, like, don't overthink it too much. Get the information on the page, run spell check, and like, don't think too deeply about it. And and I find that helps a lot for motivation. Because like, sometimes you'll hear people talk about their blogging and they'll mention something like, oh yeah, I've been working on this one post for the last three months. And I feel like I've got it to a point where I want to publish it. And you're like, I'm like, don't spend three months writing a blog post. That's, that's a terrible return on investment, in my opinion. That's a very long time to be dealing with a problem. Like th- for me, I want it in and out I quick. think it depends on what you're aiming for, right? So there's different styles. And that's kind of what I was alluding to with the digital mm-hmm. gardening thing in the title here. So if you are telling a story about a problem that you solved or about you know the way something came to be, like history of, of some relevant information, whatever, then I agree. You don't want that to take, no, wait a minute. Did that come out backwards? I don't know. <laughs> it, it might take you a little while to, to put that together, to make sure that the story makes sense, that it's not a little scatterbrained or whatever. I think three months is maybe a little bit excessive, but still like three days, even three weeks, I think in the, in, in, a large story format would not be unreasonable. Now I'm not saying three weeks of like eight hours a day, but right. Well, writing and editing for me, when I write a blog post, it takes me an hour and then I'll edit it for like the next four hours. You do always catch my spelling mistakes. Yeah. What can I say? It's my personality. <laughs> but the other side of that coin is the quote unquote digital garden. And now I'm not an expert at that. I have been aware of the concept for a long time and it intrigues me. And it's something I've never I heard of it. think I want to get into. Basically, think of it this way. When you're gardening in dirt outside, you're planting seeds, you're weeding, things are growing over time, you're tending to them, you're changing them, helping them grow the way you want them to grow. So a digital garden is you've got stuff that you write down, ideas that you're developing, and it's not fully formed necessarily. It could be. Maybe you, know, maybe you get this idea and you just sit down for an hour and you bang the whole thing out and maybe it's not perfectly written, but you get the whole thing done and, and it's, it would make sense to somebody who read it versus you, maybe you just have a, an idea for a thing like, okay, conceptually, you might have a list of ideas of things you want to write about. And if you keep that private, that is not digital gardening, but you could publish that list on your blog, on your digital garden. And then that 
could be a thing, right? The, the list grows over time. Maybe you'll pull things out of that and, and maybe you'll just like write one little snippet there and that's all that you need to write to get that out of your head. But sometimes that little snippet becomes a whole post of its own. It's a separate thing. And so it's more about getting things out of your brain and into something searchable. Like you were talking about not having to solve the same problem twice yeah. or just that sorts of that sense of like it, it you help it grow, but it helps you grow. So I, I guess an anal- if I can kind of make another analogy for your digital garden, rather than trying to present to the wide world, the finished, completed, proofread, edited version of a novel, you just, you're putting an idea out there and you tend it and grow it in real time in public till it winds up becoming that novel at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. could be. We've talked in the past about how (laughs) The Martian is such a great book. I wasn't aware of this at the time, but I, after reading the book learned, he wrote the first chapter and published it on his blog and people loved it so much that he just kept going. He wrote another chapter and published it on his blog. You know, the whole thing was available for, uh, he would go back and like have to change stuff because he, you know, learned new science things in chapter 11 or whatever that it would like totally affect the way chapter two goes. So he has to go back and like rewrite the thing. And it's still worth going to see in the theater and it's still worth buying the the book to have because the finished product oh, yeah. by itself is amazing. Yeah. And you don't have to go dig through all the blog posts to get it. But yeah. John Scalzi did the exact same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. with one, he has a series of books, but one of the particular books, he did that. He released a chapter at a time and there was periods of time in between. And he got feedback from everyone, mm-hmm. right? People gave him critiques on the, some spelling and and where they thought the story should go well and, actually yeah exactly <laughs> and, and and then he you know when the work was done he released the whole thing so that was pretty cool give you an idea what book that was i'll have to tell you later i, I don't know off the top of my head he had a bunch of books in the series it was the old man's war oh um, i love that series yeah but it's, it was part of that series there's one book in that series he did that the old man's war is a fantastic sci-fi book yeah i think you might have recommended it to me yeah. I have very little mo- motivation to go back and edit things. I, I know, uh, I don't know if the idea of digital gardening would dovetail well with my personality. I, I feel like I get a lot of dopamine from that initial publication. And sometimes if there turns out to be something in it that's blatantly wrong, like I had some fundamental yeah. misunderstanding of how something worked, and then someone in the comments was like, actually, like that's totally off base. Sometimes I won't even edit it. I'll just go up and add a little thing at the top that says, like, caution, everything I said in this post was wrong. Please disregard. <laughs> but um, everything below this line is garbage. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, it's it, – if I have to go back and edit it, to me, and this is just me, it, it starts to feel like homework, whereas before that uh, see, it feels very much like passion. I'm surprised that you I don't love, turn yeah. this into another day's post, right? Like, so then you, the, the, you know, it's seven weeks later or whatever, but you write a new post and say, oh, hey, I got a comment oh, on this old so post. That's what I will do. You do that. That's I was like, I'm like, seeing you do I'm that. Like a, I'm like a, a rolling forward, not rolling back. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to yeah. change the old post, but I will write a new one talking about what I learned. That, absolutely. And hopefully you go back to the old one. You yeah. leave a link at yeah. the top. That says, Actually, there's an update to this. Go read this too. <laughs> Most Sometimes. of the time. <laughs> See, I like on Stack Overflow when someone will post an answer and then they update it below. Like, oh, after looking at this comment, I've actually put part of theirs into what I'm doing. And here's the Mm -hmm. updated little snippet of what it could do. I am blown away at how dedicated people are to answering questions on Stack Overflow. I know. 
I love it's, it. It's such a wealth of information, and I could not motivate to do it at all. When, I used to. You know when I used to spend a whole lot of time on Stack Overflow? It was when I was working at a huge company, and I had lots of free time during the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Now I'm just grateful people have yeah. answered. But what I love is when I look on Stack Overflow for an answer, and my answer is <laughs> the solution to the problem. I'm like, oh, man, I forgot that. Yep. How about when the answer is clearly wrong? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that happens too. So don't just copy and paste out yeah. of there. You know, sometimes, uh, and this is just kind of going back to the idea of, do you have information that's worth sharing? Sometimes the posts that I enjoy the most add almost no new information into the world, but it'll just be something I discovered in an existing API. Like I'll be looking through Mozilla's developer network and I'm looking at the node API for like for elements within a document and I see a method. I'm like, oh, I did not know that existed on the node API. Where'd that come from? And so then I just go and I write a post. I'm like, oh, I totally stumbled upon the fact that node has this method and you can do this with this method. And like, that's the same exact thing that anyone who's searching through Mozilla would find. But like, this is my, I don't even want to call take on it, but it's just like my celebration of the fact that this exists. And now by writing it down, you sort of burn it into your own mental model of how the world works. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and you're surrounding it with the the concepts that you would be thinking of while you're trying to come up with, you know, there was that feature. What did, you know, what's the thing? And you search, you're searching for those keywords that come to your mind on Google, and then you're going to find your own blog post. Totally. I want this in my life. I must do this. And you can go into your google chrome configuration and you can add your own blog as a search engine so that you could do like if you type k-roll and then a keyword it'll do like the site colon kind of a stuff and it'll automatically search just your site so you can like yeah i like a blog post on how to do that ben because we can link it in the show notes ah the right one (laughs) (laughs) well you got two weeks (laughs) i was gonna say here and one thing that helps I found just my limited experience in the short period of time I was actually actively writing my blog was putting, if you have an error message, putting the error message in the text of the the post. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times that's what people are Googling. Mm. That's what people are searching. Yeah. yeah. So don't take screenshots of no. the code in there. Yeah, but somewhere you need that that in there so it's searchable. <laughs> screenshots can be useful. Can you believe the person that doesn't want to open a Jira ticket, that right. doesn't want to put words in there, wants to actually write about problems yeah. being solved? You can copy and paste out of the error messages. Just <laughs> yeah. Like, did you want to look for this? One thing that I do that's been very helpful for me is I keep all of my random thoughts in a Trello board. So I have Trello on my phone and I'll just be out and about and somebody will say something or I'll be listening to an audiobook or a podcast and I'll have like a little flash of insight or something that piques my curiosity and I can just open up my phone, create a card in my Jira board and then that's where I keep all my random thoughts and like 90% of it is just garbage that I'll never address again. But you know, you move the stuff that, that, that feels good to the top and then you have stuff to write about. And it, again, it's like, it doesn't matter how big it is. Sometimes you just start with a lot of small things and you build a, a rhythm and then you can start to write bigger and bigger if you want to. That reminded me of something. So again, another YouTube creator that I pay a lot of attention to shared sort of his process for doing creative things. Um, I mean, he's been creating YouTube videos for better than 10 years now. And he has a similar like notebook full of just little random things like socks are neat, right? Like <laughs> whatever, just random thoughts. And then, and like maybe another one of them is I want to support 
uh, small indie artists, right? And then he'll, when he wants to do something, when he feels like he needs to put something into the world, he will just go through this notebook and like pick a few of those items at random. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to make and sell socks with ind- independent artists art on the socks. And you can, it's like uh, a subscription service and you, know, you sign up and you get uh, the, you know, you get socks mailed to you and they're all neat and the profits all go to charity. And and that's the thing. You can go to awesomesocks.club. So cool. And I don't, I don't think they're currently open, but I'm pulling it up. Awesomesocks.club. Looks like you can currently sign up. Oh, nope. It says currently closed to new members. If you want to be notified when we open back Aww. up, look here. But yeah, I mean, so like just writing interesting things down, like things that interests you can be useful later if you find interesting ways to combine them. Totally. Well, Carol, what's like, what's one challenge you had to deal with this week that might be interesting? Military flights. All right. So we've, yeah, yeah. And it's nothing tech related, but my friend's trying to get to Japan. I flew here on Tuesday. Here is Atlanta. I left from Seattle and flew into Reno and Lake Tahoe because I'm still staying out here and on Ah. the West Coast to see some other people and see work and stuff. So I stayed out and did some other stuff because she was supposed to be in Japan. She's still in Seattle. Hasn't gotten on a flight, like hasn't gotten on the plane yet. Yeah, the plane's been delayed. There was a typhoon, COVID test. There were all of these things that's not documented anywhere talking about the restrictions with COVID tests, just how the military plane works itself. It's things completely outside of any commercial flight. But if you go to their website, there's just no information. Mm. And all of these moms standing there with kids and dogs are just like in tears because you can't get on the plane go to a Walgreens and get a test done, but you can't use the Walgreens test, go somewhere else. Mm. So it's like, go get an Uber with 19 bags right. <laughs> and a dog crate. Like it's like those things. Like that would be the, probably the thing yeah, I'd write about. Sounds terrible. Sounds interesting. Now I'd read about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Sounds terrible for yeah. your friend. Prepare. Here's how to yeah. prepare. Yeah. yeah. So are you thinking that your site, because I was thinking about doing that with my timothycunningham.com right now i don't have any coding stuff on there see if mumbo jumbo i haven't updated that that's my coding site i haven't updated it since 2014 but are you thinking this was carol hamilton no blog will just sort of be your life and you'll section it off into like different topics yeah. code and other stuff miscellaneous yeah i don't see it being 100% tech because i'm not 100% mm-hmm. tech Like I'm raising teenage boys. I have a kid in college getting his engineering degree. I have one about to graduate high school. Like we have to deal with automobile insurance for teenage drivers. A lot of people have no idea how to deal with those things. So just kind of putting down some of the challenges that we went through and how to to face it, I think it would be. But the more searchable ones would definitely be the the tech side. The I don't want to redo this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, That's cool. But I do think it's great that you don't, already feel like you have to be pigeonholed into one type of thing. I think there's a lot of people who feel pressure to have their tech stuff on a tech blog, and then they'll create like an entirely separate blog for their photography passion or something. Oh, Adam does that. Yeah. Adam's and, raising his hand. Yeah. <laughs> for the, for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's nice that you like, this is the complete Carol and the complete Carol goes in this yeah. uh, digital representation. How I imagine doing that is so that the www or just the timothycunningham.com is everything. But if like, say, cooking, like recipes, cooking, would cooking.timothycunningham.com would sort of automatically apply a filter that only shows you the cooking stuff. 
it's the same website, you know, same domain, and then same thing for you know, me dot Timothy Cunningham and creating this the what do you call that first part of the domain? It's subdomain. Sub, the subdomain. The subdomain is, can sort of search as act as a filter. So that's how I envision doing it. I haven't done that, but that's in my head. Yeah, I was wondering if I could use like a label system or something too. Yeah, definitely tags, use tags. Yeah. But I just kind of like the idea that you could, you know, if you met someone and all you really wanted them to see was your coding stuff, you say, here, go to code.timothycunningham.com. Yeah. Or if you're like, hey, here's some recipes, go to recipes.timothycunningham.com. Or if you don't, hey, see everything about me. Here's www.timothycunningham.com. So. <laughs> what was that site one more time? I don't remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when we started talking about doing this topic, I went back and I dug up my very first tech blog post on the blog that I ended up writing oh, for like the better part of 10 years, I think. So we'll link it in the show notes. It's only currently available on archive.org. I'm probably going to, I mean, it's real short. It'd be easy for me to copy and paste it to my current blog. It'll be the only thing on my blog from 2007. So that'll be how you can find it. My blog is Timothy Cunningham. I mean, um, <laughs> Adam. Yeah. Cunningham. Yeah. It's uh, Adam title dot codes. That's me. Uh, that's T-U-T-T-L-E. Anyway, yeah, I just wanted to like throw this out there as an example of, I mean, you, you're not intimidated. You're not scared of being vulnerable, which is wonderful. Yeah. I, I started this blog when I got my first like mm, professional web development job, right? So I, we, in my origin story, if you remember, I used to work at Purdue and I was just doing kind of web stuff on the side. And then I moved up to Pennsylvania and got a full-time web dev consulting job. And my manager there, who's one of our patrons, Chuck, encouraged me to go to conferences, encouraged me to start blogging this and that. And I couldn't find any Cold Fusion blogs. Now, I, I quickly learned after I started my blog that I was just bad at Googling. <laughs> Google foo. Because I started my blog in part because I couldn't find any Cold Fusion content on the internet, which was just terrible. I mean, this was in the time of like Cold Fusion 6 or 7. So was there a Cold Fusion 7? Yeah, there was. Okay. Yeah. It was just... I don't remember yeah, it was 7. A, it was a kind of a throwaway release anyway so the, the title of the post was optimizing your application.cfm not even .cfc that's how oh, old yeah. this is Ooh, and it's whoa. i mean it, I, I haven't counted but it's got to be like less than 200 words here including the code snippets uh -huh. it's real short and it's just like hey do this not that because it'll be more efficient yeah and yeah i love it it's like this is bad this is good thank you <laughs> come read my blog and oh, i mean i look back at though. this now and i kind of cringe but at the same time, no, but I, I yeah, really love yeah. it. Yeah. And it's, it was a start. You got to start somewhere. It, you had to start. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go look. I'm curious. What was Ben's first blog? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Do you I have like to... a. Probably something very detailed and amazing. No, I think it was like, I posted this. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody's first Facebook one. post. I'm posting on Facebook or your first tweet. Do you have a list of yeah. all your posts somewhere? Oh, here yeah, we go. Complete the very list bottom. Of entries. Here we go. All right. Scroll to the bottom. You got so many. I got to do command down. Did I mention how cool this is with two question marks? <laughs> now that this is up and running, I have to figure out how to parse out code examples. Next project. Sweet. <laughs> See? Oh, I love it. But you it. beat me by I a year. It. See, I told you I was bad at searching, right? This is April 2006. I didn't start till 2007. Actually, I think mine is also April. Oh, man. That's hilarious. One thing I, I do love about your blog bit is the whole, this is, that's me, your, your photos with oh, people. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which I'm knowing you now, I'm like, he only did that so he can actually remember who people are. <laughs> <laughs> totally. 
<laughs> I'm like, it's such a it's such a cool idea, and I love it that you keep it up. Yeah, it's a, totally you know, agree. It's, and and I have to know. So you go to a conference, and you end up taking it's got to be thirty to a hundred pictures with people, right? That end up as possible headers for your blog. How do you keep straight? Like, so you and I take a picture at a thing. If you've never met me before, and you don't know who the heck I am, and I'm just like, hey Ben, can I get a picture? And you're like, yeah, dude. And we take thumbs up picture together, whatever. How, you After always the have picture, their name and you like link to their website or their Twitter or something. Well, the looking up the people's links, that's manual labor. And it's, yeah. sh- I'm shocked at how many people like don't have a presence online at all sometimes. But after I take a photo, I will then take a picture of their badge. Okay. And then it's the order of the oh. photos. I know like the badge comes right after the photo. Gotcha. So you just so, got to be like, uh, so like by the way, I'm terrible it. with names. Can I get a picture of your badge? Yeah. Too? It's a hundred percent what yeah. I do. I, okay. and, and then some people don't ever have their badge on them. And I'm like, oh, you're supposed to wear your badge at this conference. You're going to mess up my order here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I need you to write down your name. And yeah. Yeah. Some, and your Twitter on a piece of paper so I can take a picture of that. So oh, my pictures are right tough. There's people I, I had like, I think one time there was some person I couldn't remember at all who they were. And I think I had to ask one of the conference organizers like for a list of names from the conference. I'm like, one of them's just going to spark a memory and I'll be able to figure it out. But yeah, I have to take a picture of the badge or I have to write it down in, in uh, my notes and then hope that the order of the names and the notes matches the order of the photos and the camera roll. Right. But yeah. What's funny is I can't tell you how many times I've had people say, Oh, dude, I was like looking something up on the internet and I found this guy's web, Ben Adele's website and your picture came up. You know? I think <laughs> yes. we've taken like four pictures together over the years <laughs> that we run into each other. And I'm like, yeah, that's totally random. I mean, it's not if you refresh the page, it's not going to be the same picture. <laughs> yeah, they'll send me a link yeah, to it. They'll send me a screenshot. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was probably there. Yeah. Then. <laughs> Do you guys want to know what the first code snippet that Ben posted on his blog was? Woot. Yeah, uh, oh, you found it. CFM. I yeah. found it. His it, 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 <laughs> post was, hey, I got this thing working. Cool. Now I just got to figure out how to put stuff on the left-hand side. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being a good sport, Ben, because you're just so prolific now. And like you, your blogs come up in like all kinds of like Angular discussions. And, all over and the place, your, yeah. your blog is pretty well known. So Absolutely. it's That's, fun to look back and see where it fun. started. But I think this is very, this kind of proves the point we were were talking about with Carol earlier is that, you know, his first two posts were garbage. Let's face it, trash. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't worry. The one with 50 different comments from Ben. Yeah. Don't don't worry about it. Just you're working in a vacuum at that point. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Just have fun with it. Like it's for you. You just have to remember it's for you. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm going about it. So if you don't mind sharing, what do you run on? I know we, we, we yeah. told her not to worry about the tech stack, but I'm just, oh, I run on, but I'm going to worry about it at some point. Tell me your I run on a cold fusion. You run uh, it yourself. No. So I, well, I have managed hosting, so I'm on host tech and I you know, pay them some amount of dollars every month just to make sure that the server doesn't crash. And, you know, they run the backups on the database and the backups on the file system. Allegedly, I mean, no, I've never had to do disaster recovery. <laughs> never, never audited them. Uh, speaking from experience, you might want to try your try right. just a mock disaster recovery thing here. I do every couple of months. I'll pull the database down just to so I feel like I have something. But you know, I hope that it works. And yeah, so then when I want to do it locally, I, I I have an admin that I built, but I write all of my posts in a Markdown file just in Sublime Text. And then I just copy and paste that markdown into a just a vanilla text area to save it inside my admin. So I like I don't even have any fancy editing or anything, no like WYSIWYG. I've mm-hmm. been burned too many times by 
having been written something online and then go to save and like my session is over or like there's a server error and I hit the back button and my form is empty. So like I just write everything locally in text files and, uh, and then just save it once it, once it's good to go. Makes sense. So you Mm -hmm. kind of built your own little blog engine, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it just, it sucks in the markdown files. It's like the oldest and ghettoist type of it's like one step beyond having the query itself run at the top of the page and then outputting the Mm -hmm. query in the (laughs) cfml like it's one step cleaner than that because it's it's wicked old and i don't get paid to do it (laughs) so that's honestly i think that that takes incredible discipline and restraint i can't tell you how many times i rewrote my blog from scratch like as (laughs) when i wrote my own blogging engine yeah. And, and, and it's crazy too, because my style, like my actual programming style has changed so much over the years, just with the modernization of the language itself and my different comforts with different syntaxes and which things I want to be capitalized and which things I want to be lowercase and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. And I go to edit files sometimes and I'll see something I wrote. And I'm just like, you son of a bitch. What were you thinking? <laughs> this is disgusting. This is terrible. How did you ever think this was readable? <laughs> I'll tell you, Carol, when you were talking about all of your Google app stuff and dealing with Amazon, I I was like very intimidated by how fast you got that done. Oh, yeah. I I mean, anything in there, I think, would be fascinating to write about and to read about because it just you had to deal with so many novel problems in there. Yeah. And that was the thing. A lot of the problems I faced, there wasn't a lot of help. Like, ultimately, the solution was a bunch of things put together to get it to work. And I don't know that most people would come up with this on their own. Even like our reseller was like, oh, damn, that does work. (laughs) And yeah, that's about the only way it's going to work. And maybe it's because we were solving a problem we shouldn't have been solving. (laughs) But either way, it got solved and it worked. A whole bunch of weird stuff held together with bubble gum and Christmas ornaments. (laughs) Also known as web development. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, I would love to post about some of that yeah. stuff. Too. All right, Carol, let's hold you accountable. Let's get give, give, <laughs> give yourself a deadline. Give yourself a deadline well, where you're going to have this your episode first post up. This episode comes out in two weeks. Do you think you can do it by then? Um, no, because I don't get mm-hmm. home for another week and a half. Why so do you have to be home? I'm out here till. Well, I mean, because I'm busy the whole time. <laughs> I'm here. We've planned every That's hour. True. I got to. It's nice of you to take some time out to talk to us. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Sure. This is the second one out here. The third, I am going to skip you guys. That's okay. We're going to replace you. So, mm. <laughs> for one episode, little Someone teaser. Sexy. You have to tune in next week to find out. Is it next week's? Yeah. I guess it is. It is next week's. All right, so, but give yourself a deadline. So, okay, date. Let's, it's a date. Let's let me get a date here. Let's look. I gotta open my. We calendar. just need the hello world of. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> you can write. I posted this. <laughs> <It's> a... Woot! <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Bye. September the 1st. Okay. Wednesday, up. September the 1st. We will yep. check in on you on Discord and see how that's going. Noise. I will have a post yeah. up. I'm putting it on my see, calendar. See, I'm doing that. I'm doing that mentoring thing. Yeah. Do it. Do it. All right. My wife is going to see this on my calendar and be like, what the heck is Carol's blog launch? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I guess unless you guys have anything else, we're done here. I think so. We got a commitment from her. So thanks for your yeah, help. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, I guess thanks that the con- hopefully it helps someone else too. Thanks for the conversation. I, 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 it might motivate me to actually not do anything. 
<laughs> Sometimes you gotta just take that leap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, do it, do it. This episode of Working Code is brought to you by TimothyCunningham.com. And, listen- no. <laughs> and listeners <laughs> like you. If you like what we're doing here, you might want to consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash working code pod. To say thanks for your support, we offer some perks to our patrons. They all get an invite to our Discord server where we hang out and chat about the podcast and work stuff and life stuff and our first ever blog posts. And uh, we have other perks available like early access to our new episodes as they are prepared and our after show, which is just we keep the microphones on after we're done talking here and we're just going to keep on keeping on for another 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. Every week we thank our top patrons. And since this week is part of every week, we're going to send out a huge thank you to Peter and to Monty. Thank you guys for sticking around. If paying for podcasts isn't your thing, no worries. Uh, We appreciate you taking the time to listen and you can help us out without spending any money by sharing the show with your friends and your coworkers, or you can leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please send us your questions and show topics on Twitter or Instagram at Working Code Pod, or leave us a message at 512-253-2633. That's 512-253-CODE. We'll catch you next week. And until then, remember, your heart matters. You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code. Everybody ready? Let's do it. Okay, good. Let's go. Hey, everybody. It's the working... Nope. I never started like that. Why would I start like that? (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Working Code is brought to you by Ben's first blog post and listeners like you. If you like what you were doing here, then you might want to... What the heck was that? Big old bang. Something. Sounded like you guys didn't like that that thing, so I'm going to do something else. No, no, no. I liked it. I had by (laughs) TimothyCunningham.com. I like that. That's what we're doing. (laughs) I'm very pro-tattoo, but I don't Mm -hmm. have any tattoos, and it's mostly because I can't find anything that I like enough to put it on my body forever. And also, they're kind of expensive, and I have other expensive hobbies already <laughs> i don't need right. another pit to throw money into yeah that's true well so about the finding one that's going to be on you forever you don't know what forever is that sounds i mean uh, that's dark. Is that like you could die any day <laughs> no 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 yeah i mean yeah i mean if you're gonna think about this for five years you're like oh man i don't know if i'm gonna love this mm-hmm. in five years don't stress just you might not be here in five years so just get what you want just get it i'm gonna get a whale on whatever my... you want uh Wheeltail. Tramp stamp. Yeah. I do. I do like the the angriest, like the, the furious unicorn that GitHub has when they have an incident. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, a good that's good.